Welcome back again to the Heavy Shelf Podcast. I'm your host, David Richards. And with me, I'm happy to... As, oh, my God, I'm messing up my own intro, and it's live oh, come on. now. Come on. I'm happy to have... See, I'm just so excited to have Moose back. Man, I just saved this yeah, intro. Yeah, I'm here. I couldn't speak straight through my intro. I'm happy to have Luca. Hello. And Moose. <laughs> yes. And uh, today, we're going to be just talking yes. like pretty much Moose is going to be our expert of the day with this because uh he has been playing rust forever and then we're going to be talking about what's going on like why are we gonna have a whole podcast about rust well it's gonna be the next big thing now moose just to start off when did mm-hmm. you start playing rust oh goodness um i started playing rust I want to say a few months after it left Legacy, which I believe was 2015. Um, let me see when I bought it. I can find that for you. No, but yeah, that's, that's uh, I'm, I'm going to say that's a solid half a decade right there. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, nothing to scoff at. Yeah, and and it hasn't been. Some some people have the endurance to play the same game constantly the whole time. Um, I I usually was on and off. I would come back after major updates and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's not like I've been playing straight, but I have played consistently since then. Mm-hmm. I've played a little bit of Rust, but only as far as long enough to be killed twice. And before I even really got... It's like 15 seconds, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I got close. Um, it was... Yeah, it just died pretty fast both times. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I have time to pick up this learning curve but that was like back in like 2017 2018 i think i played it and um there's just so many other games to try back around then and i moved on from it and it didn't look like it had the best graphics so i was like yeah moving on now i it's funny that it this game just started to kind of resurge because I've been looking for, like, you know, what is that next big game going to be? And I've been looking to find, like, a time passer now that I'm getting done with Cyberpunk. And I think a lot of people will be coming into that mode here real soon. And, you know, last year with Fall Guys, we started to see this big trend of, I guess, with the pandemic and everything, everyone's kind of looking for a game to play to pass the time. And Twitch kind of caused everyone to just gravitate towards Fall Guys. And then we saw a natural transition to Among Us. And it seems that that has happened um, both a little bit naturally and a little bit kind of forced this time around with the rest. Um, Moose or Luca, I believe one of you guys saw that happening in real time or heard about it shortly after. Yeah, so... Um... I don't know, maybe Luca did too, but I'm just going to start speaking, assuming you're talking about me. No, go on. <laughs> so the the Rust subreddit is pretty active with a small community, mm-hmm. and um, as soon as the view count 
breached. What, what, you know, it's it's normal. And, you know, Rust is, it was always pretty good for streaming. You'd have, I would say anywhere from 2,000 to 5,000 viewers pretty consistently. So it would never be top of the charts, but it was, you know, consistently viewed. But once it started breaching that, people were just like, every four minutes there'd be an update. And um, it was start of start of January, I guess, which I guess technically is still when this podcast is going to come out. Um, yeah, around January 1st and 2nd, it was going up past 100,000, 200,000, and it surpassed a million viewers within a, a few hours. It just blew up on Twitch, um, which was which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's because of genuine love of the game or some Twitch trickery of like, like, is it fake hype or is it legit? Like these Twitch streamers wanted to play it and then like, because like Among Us, it naturally grabbed attention from Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. Right. What so you- if I were to guess, I would say that the sudden burst of attention comes from, um, a bunch of streamers who, for those who don't know, uh, they 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 started like a, a streamers only Rust server. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I if I have that right, so it's a bunch of streamers playing with a bunch of other streamers, um, and they you know they they were doing this with Among Us as well to have sort of monitored lobbies because if everybody's streaming, if everybody's working together to create enjoyable, high quality content, it's going to be a better experience. Um, that kind of philosophy of playing Rust, where you're playing it for the best entertainment experience for your viewers, naturally makes it, I think, very, very good. Um, I think it makes it more fun to play, and I think it makes it more fun to watch. So I think all it really took was that kind of more regulated environment where people are playing not to be the best at the game, but you know to have the most viewers and the most engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it just it just took off because I've always believed that Rust is one of the most unique and good games. Just a lot of really creative and outside of the box thinking in terms of game design. And I think it's just taken um, people seeing it in its its best environment for for that to really shine for people for people to to pick up on that. Um, and that's probably not what they're going to play when they join public servers, which is sad. But you know. It's the way it is. I imagine it's going to be a completely different experience. Uh, yeah, see, on TikTok is where I saw a bunch of the Among Us streamers. Because I only know really any of them from their voices, you know? And yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a bunch of the Among Us memes, moments, and all that stuff that include these Twitch streamers. And then I noticed, oh, hey, I recognize that voice, and I recognize that voice, but it was Rust instead. And it's like, oh, this pretty much like this whole group seems to have moved over. Like uh, Corpse, um, Valkyrie, I think is how you say her name. And then uh, XQC, like, you know, popular names that weren't playing Rust before are playing Rust now. And I don't think they're all with that offline TV group. No, no, uh, certainly not. Now... Not to pick directly on XQC, and I don't know if I want to get into that area yet, but we are going to talk about kind of what to expect in the game. Yeah, before we get too into specifics, what should new players expect getting into Rust? Like, what is the culture 
what is the community like without getting into specific ones that I've heard of. Okay, so I would say the the first thing that you have to know when going into Rust is that it is a mature game for mature audiences. It's kind of ironic for it to be the next big thing after Fall Guys and Among Us, which hey, are both fairly cutesy. we've grown up. It's time. <laughs> yeah, a, a very sudden grow up. Um, and so, I I mean that, that that's like the first warning that you can that you can get right. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't a very light game. Um, it's a big time investment depending on what you play, and so I think I think a big thing that a lot of new players won't know is that there are a lot of Rust servers out there that offer curated experiences, basically, on how to play the game. Um, and so if you play something like, there's combat tag servers, which is basically aim training, um, and battlefield servers that do much the same thing. Um, and hopefully Battle Royale will come back, because that's actually a really good emulation of what combat is like in Rust, as far as you having different gear and being in, you know, different situations. It's an accurate representation of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in those servers, you're not. It's it's going to be just like any other shooter game. Um, as soon as you move into actual vanilla Rust servers, the anything on the official servers list, it is people who are playing Rust to win. It is very competitive. It is very unforgiving. It is very hardcore, um, and it can be extremely toxic because. You know they have the ability to have open mics and open text channels, and they can paint signs to say whatever they want. All of that can be turned off in the settings. There is a censoring option per individual you can, you can, or per server for the individual. Okay. So, um, and that's one of the reasons that it was so smart for streamers to go with other streamers, because of a, a huge part of Rust being fun is the is the interactions that you can get. Mm-hmm. If you manage to encounter someone who's not being a sweaty tryhard trying to make epic MLG plays to emulate that zero to hero YouTube video they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it can be fantastic what you can do um, and good fun. But if you're streaming it, people can just say whatever they want over the in-game voice chat, like in a Counter-Strike lobby or something like that. Yeah, um, so the can, individual player... The, the gamer turn world, off, for instance. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we, don't, we don't like that. Um, so each individual player can turn off for themselves player-made sign content, um, the open text chat, and the voice chat. So it, that doesn't necessarily stop the fact that people will come and kill you if you have nothing and then burn your base to the ground because they can. And, and that's, kind of, that's kind of the final part of Rust for newbies is to understand that it's a big time investment and it can all go away really, really fast. Um, people with good gear are able to actually remove any trace of you ever being on the server they can just completely destroy your base they can completely destroy all of your gear but is it it in a respectable manner of like hey they earned it to be able to burn everything i worked down worked on to a rubble like no amount of of them earning it makes it sting less when you log on to a server and it says like like, there's no moment where they're like you know what i'm not even mad I mean, yeah, honestly, if we're talking different. about that that big of like an equipment differential, it, it's almost like asking if uh, if a human earns it when they like destroy an anthill with a hose, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's actually a pretty accurate representation. 
Um, because a lot of these new players, they don't think to look up uh, Rust base building tips. They're like, oh, dude, it's a building game. Okay, here's my door. Here's my tool cupboard. And it's like, hold on, hold on. You didn't airlock your door. You don't have a separate room for your tool cupboard. You didn't put a code lock on your tool cupboard. What are you doing? Well, I didn't know I needed to do all of that. Okay, well, now your base is destroyed. And then it's like, okay, that's not fun. Um, so it's very unforgiving for that. And if you want to give Rust an honest try, you have to be very patient and you have to be willing to not be on top. Um, there, are, there are big clans on every single server, every single wipe that are, you know, they're, they're, they're duking it out. What, what's they're the going standard, to be the top dog. What's the standard wipe rate? Uh, and, and explain wipe rate just in case people might not know. Yeah, so um, servers in Rust, they wipe um, map very frequently. So a map wipe is there's a new map generated. Everything on the old map is destroyed. So all bases, all player gear, all placed spawn points, everything is reset, um, and players get to start fresh. And so that's good because if you get raided, you don't want to restart when everyone else has a base. So a lot of people will wait until wipe day and they'll, you know, it's like everybody's at the same starting point to try again. Um, that varies based on server. Official servers have a map wipe once a month. Um, most servers are weekly or bi-weekly. Uh, there's, there's stuff like Rustified and Rusty Moose are some, are some big community servers and they are every single week. Um, and so it's for it's for really rapid, intense gameplay. Um, and people like it because when they get destroyed and their base is completely removed from the map, they just don't play until the next wipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I was going to ask because, like, I mean, I imagine if you die, like, you die, like, there's no resurrection on the server, um, right? Or how does it work? Yeah, so so there's there's unlimited respawns. Okay, um, so it's just a matter of, but when you respawn, you got to rebuild. Right. Yeah. So, so let's say you build a base and you have a sleeping bag in your base. Anytime you die, you can respawn in that base sleeping bag. Um, but there's a, there's a cooldown, so you can't just infinitely respawn in the same spot. Mm -hmm. um, but if you go out with all your top tier gear and you die, you probably lost all your top tier gear. Gotcha. Right? Someone's probably taken it. Um, if your sleeping bag is destroyed, you're not respawning it there. You get you got to respawn at the map spawn point, which is usually just, I mean, it's like beaches of Normandy sometimes because clans will just set up big compounds right outside of spawn. And if they're waiting Oof. for an item to finish crafting, they'll use you as target practice as you try to run back to your base. Now, were they able to get that advantage just because they got to work and coordinated to build that stuff there? Or like, is it something to where like, if, hey, if you're going to play on the server, don't even try unless you're there on day one? So... It's 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 fairly it's fairly balanced. Um, I'll say that. In in Ark, people are able to wall in the spawn points and prevent you from leaving. That is not possible in Rust. Um, mm. And you know it's it's fairly unlikely because the area where you spawn has some of the lowest tier gear, so it's discouraged from clans doing that. But some clans will still do that for fun. Um, generally speaking it is not so much a representation of how good someone is at the game, but how much time they spend at the game for them to have a lot of resources. And it's a little bit of luck as well. But Rust values play time 
most, and then I would say um, skill second and luck third. So when you see these these big compounds, because you know you'll be running around with a spear, and then you'll look and someone's built like a one to one scale model of Manhattan that they're living in. <laughs> um, it is because they have probably a dozen other clan members that they play with. They play every day. They play for like two hours a day, and they just take every single resource within a three-mile radius of their base. So, you know, that's that's a little bit of um, for, for Some people don't like that, but if you're skillful, you can still make plays. You know, you can... I remember raiding people with spears, and we just jumped out of bushes and threw a bunch of spears at them. And if you get a headshot with a wooden spear, on the best armor in the game, it's still like 80 damage, right? So... You know, we were just running through, and we got some really good gear. If you're skillful, you can absolutely bump up and get a lot of good gear, but you're never going to have that Manhattan just by being good alone. Um, so on the flip side, if you're really bad at the game, I'm most of the time bad at the game. I'm very rarely good. You can you can enjoy the experience so long as you don't get raided, um, so long as your base isn't destroyed. Mm-hmm. You can build up. You can get some good resources. It's all possible. Now, what do you feel is the best time length for these? Like, should you go for a week or a month for these wipes? It, it depends on how many people you're playing with, how new you are to the game, um, what you're looking at of the Rust experience. So if you are a, are a new player and you are playing with friends... Um, I say go for it. Just jump into it to a weekly server, you know, so long as you guys aren't going to throw your controllers. Well, not controllers because it's not on console yet. Um, So long as you're not going to say, okay, I'm taking my ball, I'm going home, and you're willing to stick with it a little bit, um, it's good because then you build up a base, you get rated, you're ready to jump back in. If you are someone who doesn't have a ton of time to play Rust, um, I recommend looking into a server that lasts for a little bit longer. Um, There's another kind of wipe, a blueprint wipe. Um, and that wipes what what guns everybody can makes, right? So like stuff that you learn how to do because you learn how to make better armor and better weapons. Um, there are some servers that wipe blueprints weekly as well or monthly, and that's just such a time investment that I struggle with being like, hey, I want to join one of those servers. I would rather do something that doesn't wipe as frequently at all than something that makes it, me have to relearn how to make guns. Is there anything to where... You know, if you get a month, you're able to scale things in such a more awesome way that you couldn't do it in a week, or could you still get it done in a week? Like, if I have this great grand of a basin idea, could I get that done in a week, no problem? Or would I um, need more time? If it were you and... I would say if if you are playing with three other people, so a group of four, you can do most things in a week. If you are playing with 11 other people, so a group of 12, you can do anything. Um, okay, so group, group of 12 is the magic number. I mean, you know, depending on how good you are and how much time you have, you, you could you could get it with, get it with fewer people. Um, but there's no way that you're playing with 12 other people in an organized manner, and you're not going to be progressing rapidly. Because, you know, if everybody does their own thing and is mildly successful at it, you're looking at huge gains. Um, 
And that's one thing. So I play Rust solo, which is like the masochist way of playing it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that also has kind of affected the way that I play and how frequently I play and what servers I play on. Um, if you don't have friends to play the game with and you don't have a lot of time to play Rust, your experience is going to be way different than 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 most people's um and you know you kind of got to learn how to uh manipulate people's niceness because a lot of people play rust just assuming that you know it's kill on site all the time uh -huh. and i would say it is for 80 percent of players but there are some players who who would rather not risk a gunfight um there there is kind of a sense of we could both lose a lot so let's not risk it and people will pretend that they don't see you sometimes if you're like each running separate directions and you see one another kind of off in the bushes okay hey let's let's not kill one another um so playing solo versus playing with groups is is i would think the the number one variable that determines your rust experience now i get the impression that um this is a very how would you say very with your friends with a group oriented game that playing it solo is probably a little unusual yeah, yeah. It, it, playing 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 solo just makes it harder, um, generally, because there's less opportunity for you to get loot, right? Like, if if you have three people and they all go to different monuments to collect loot, um, and they all come back, that's three times as fast, even if one of them gets nothing, than you going from each and every one. And it's also less time exposed outside of your base, outside of where you can respond to threats. Um, so that kind of roaming is a lot better with friends. Um, and it's also, you know, when you're playing with friends, you can trust people to help you out in firefights. People can be online at more hours to prevent offline raids, which is the worst part of Rust. Getting raided when you cannot respond to it, hands down, the worst part. And it's not fixable without a bunch of people just agreeing not to do it. Um, now, I know there are... Uh, right, I am under the impression that there are modded servers. Is there no mod to basically protect your territory when you're offline or something? Or are you unaware? You know, I'm not sure. Um, if there is, which it would make sense if there is, because, I mean, there are modded servers for everything. If if you get, like, really fed up with Rust one day, you can just go to a server that has 10,000 times gather rate, insta-crafting, all blueprints unlocked, and revamped loot tables. So you just hit a barrel and there's like a an AK with explosive rounds loaded into it just right off the bat. Fantastic. So you can do that. There's there's modded servers for for everything like that. Um, if there is modded servers for no offline rating, they do not come with the usual vanilla experience from what I've seen. Because right. um, a lot of modded servers, once you get past the like times two gather rate or one half base upkeep cost servers it quickly goes into like you can skip nighttime and you can instant respawn at points in the map and you know five times craft rates and stuff like that very quickly kind of goes off the deep end and severity all right so it sounds like most of the modding of this game is effectively altering uh the parameters of mechanics that already exist basically rather yeah, than adding anything in that's new it's so so it's kind of it's kind of sad because there was a time I would say around 2017 where it looked like Rust was going to get a big boost in terms of modded servers um but they just weren't popular enough so um there's there's a the, the server is intoxicated battle royale and 
Battle Royale Rust is one of the few Battle Royales that I think is legitimately good because it reflects how the game normally is, like I've said. Um, but, you the, know, recently, uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't checked very recently, but within the past few years, it's been, it's been nearly dead. And there's actually a game mode called The Walls. Um, any, any Minecraft players uh-huh. might remember this, yeah. this game mode. And they did it in Rust, and it was awesome. And it was hopping for like a month and then just dead. I can't find a server running that game mode anymore. Um, but kind of to answer that, that question, it has the potential to implement some very interesting mini games. Um, I haven't seen any racing servers up yet, but there are cars now. Um, you know, I, I think some people tried to play Rocket League, but that oh, didn't wow. really work. It was kind of janky in Rust, um, which isn't surprising. There are a lot of just like deathmatch servers, right? So combat tag, there's some gun game servers. Um, there's some battlefield servers, which is just you spawn on the map with a gun. Um, so, so there's a, there's a lot for that, but the unique modded like mini game potential, I don't think, has been fully tapped out of it. Well, let me ask now, this. Go on. Unless you got a final point. Or, well, I was just gonna mention uh, that this getting picked up by streamers might actually maybe help that potential be re- uh, reached because that I, kind of mini game so. is the sort of thing that makes good streaming content. So you know, fingers crossed. Uh, but you were going to say West. So I was going to say, and this will get more into the toxicity thing here in a minute, but I was going to ask first, I guess, that can you pretty much have like a month-long wipe and you can mod it or set it up in a way to where it's almost like happy-go-fun-times Minecraft, but more adult Monday through Friday, and then the gentleman's agreement is we murder on the weekends kind of thing? Or... Is that, like, you can't be that hands-on or that specific with it? Like, what could be done for that kind of stuff? So with mods, you can actually do um, a whole lot. And just and just to, uh, to speak to that, I had someone who doesn't have a Twitch account message me directly um, about, about the nature of the mods. Um, so as far as regulating people's behavior, preventing offline rating through mods isn't very feasible because then people can just log off if they're about to get destroyed. And then you can uh, say like, okay, yeah, well after they sense. log off, they have an hour, but sometimes, sometimes like even an hour isn't long enough because people can take their sweet time. And the most resource um, intensive ways of rating are the fastest. So people will just instead do the slow, really cheap ways of rating. But as far as curbing player behavior in other ways, besides just preventing online um, offline rating, um, there's a lot of mods. There are there's a, a a Rust Factions RP server that lets you uh, claim land spots, and there's areas where kill on site is allowed. There's areas where kill on site isn't allowed. You have to make like declarations of war before raiding. Now you're talking. What is this? A server? lot of that. Take me there. A, a lot of that is um, moderators just enforcing the rules because there's not really anything like. From from what I've personally played, it sounds like they've installed where, a government. Yeah, and they uphold yeah, the I, laws. I mean, <laughs> basically, so so you know, there's mods will only get you so far, um, and and a lot of times they add some some clunkiness. But I think the best way to do what you're talking about is, like you say, a gentleman's agreement. Like if if you have a Rust server where everybody who is on the Rust server, you know, it's a it's a small tight knit group, 
you are on like the same Discord or something like that, and you all agree to play by a certain standard, like what's happening with these um, with these Twitch Rust servers that are popping up, um, then you can you can curate that experience pr- pretty effectively, you know, um, because then it's just like, hey, you didn't follow the rules, you're banned, and then it's it's that easy. Um, as far as like a massive Rust server without extensive moderation teams and extensive use of mods, I don't think that's uh, a feasible thing because someone will always break the community rules for some extra loot. Yeah, and you can't have moderators watching everyone all the time. And that's probably the the biggest complaint about the official Rust face face punch servers. So face punch, of course, being the developer of Rust, the biggest complaint is that the face punch server oh my goodness the face punch servers do not have very good moderation there's not a lot of active mods so hackers kind of run rampant um, kind of run rampant a lot of people report hackers whether or not it's just them being bad depends but generally it's it's a known issue um, so moderation is something that's important to any rust server yeah that's what I was asking kind of what could be done if you could be very specific with it and how much of it is a hands-on or hands-off because I noticed with some of these streams that you would have the streamer groups who they clearly just want to have like the happy go fun times of Minecraft but just in Rust and then you would clearly have some of the other streamers that are like no I heard this is a land of blood and I want some and uh, they just really want to kill everyone. Uh, XQC seemed to be one of those types in that he hated that they were trying to gather around and like have s'mores and stuff. And he was literally talking about that of like, everyone just want to get around the campfire and just hang and stuff. Like, what? Are we, like, why aren't they playing the game? You know? And then literally so, as he's complaining about this, someone like in like the most innocent childish voice, like, Hey, Hey, XQC. Hey, we're, gathering around the campfire and eating s'mores do you want to join us and he's like no i hate you <laughs> and um <laughs> then cut to later apparently it looked like he had killed everyone on the server because he's like roaming around he's like where is everybody where is everyone well you killed them all they were just trying to have their s'mores and then when i went to the comments Cause I'm more on the side of like that sucks. Don't you know? Just let them have their s'mores, whatever. And like, they're, <laughs> like they're just like to me when you play a game like that, that's like hanging out on Discord, but just plus because you're like you're just chatting in game. Like no one's really getting lost in like the ambiance of cooking s'mores and stuff. You know, they're just chatting and they happen to be playing Rust. But yeah. then someone like XQC, they can't have that. There must be murder at all times. And then when I went to go check the comments. It was pretty much like 95% was like, yeah, Rush is for murder. Take your s'mores and get out. And it was just a lot of toxicity. And it, what it looked like to me to be like, like gatekeeping, really, of people wanting to shut it down now before like the normies come and make Rush something that it isn't. Um, and what they want it to be is essentially a place for their murder fetish, is what it seems to me. Does that accurately describe the toxicity of rust community so far yeah um it so the the idea that some people would play the game to like cook s'mores and have a good time 
that is not a new thing. Rust has always um, had a portion of players who enjoy the the freedom it provides because I mean, like, man, Rust is approaching. Yeah, yeah, Rust Rust is approaching Minecraft levels of circuitry. You know, like you can do some crazy stuff with with the 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 Rust wire system. It's probably Mm -hmm. much easier and um, more condensed, at least, than in Minecraft. Um, And you know, they added. I bought an instruments pack. Uh, it's D, it's Rust DLC, and it just lets you craft instruments that you can play. Um, so you know, there, there's always been things. And clearly, you're going to do that to cook s'mores around the fire with and have some good tunes. And yeah, it's not yeah. a murder guitar. So, so the the Rust developers have openly supported through adding stuff like this ways for the game to be more than just let's kill one another all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been like that since release. So um, so it wouldn't be too off base to go in to that and be like, maybe I want a little bit of both. Like Monday through Friday, we're just chilling. And then on the weekend, who's been talking shit? You know? A- abs- absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, a-, a lot of servers don't mix the two because a lot of people aren't willing to mix the two. Um, or at least, you know, not, not, not so freely. Um, but there's always been a community of people. I remember um, there was a, a Arma 3 and Rust YouTuber, Rhino Crunch. And him and there were a few others, like I think Shacky HD maybe, um, they were like the, the face of playing Rust as a PvP game where you need to win. Um, and so that's, that's the kind of content they created. It would be just them doing huge online raids against other clans because that's what Rust was to them. At the same time, you have YouTubers, some of which were still active, uh, like Vertigo, for instance, is a still active um, Rust, and Seven Days to Die now, he does some stuff on that YouTuber. And a lot of his content was joining into public servers as a solo. And like, it's like once every, every four months, he'll have another video of creating an army of nakeds to attack a clan in Rust, right? And just interacting with random people in a very role-play kind of fashion um, and seeing what, what emerges out of that. So those two views have really always existed in Rust. Um, maybe not maybe not with Legacy, but with, with Rust as it currently is. They've always existed. They've always had some kind of play in the community. And there's always been general disagreement between the two because the people who role-play think that the people who are hardcore trying to win aren't getting as much fun out of the game as they could. And on the opposite side, it's you guys aren't playing the game right. Why are you inviting me in your house for Team Crumpets? There are T's now. They have mechanical bonuses, but there's actual T in Rust. I forget about yeah. that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, just because, um, look, the, the comments I saw, they were very, very, very passionate about there should be no activities of any sort except for you know, fend for yourself because I'm going to kill you. And that's the game. If you don't like it, get out. That's what yeah, I but, saw. I mean, least. now that's just, that's just wrong. That is discounting how much rust has. Um, and it's selling the game short because there are so many features to rust that allow it to not be something like that. If you don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so for people to say that rust is intended to be played either. As yeah. A I mean, that was essentially along the comments that I was game. seeing is that, 
if you're playing it like this, you were playing the game wrong. But yeah, it was confusing for me, and that's why I wanted to talk to you because you've played it. Because it's like, well, they wouldn't have put that in the game unless they wanted you to use it. So, it's like, yeah. clearly there's other ways to play the game. Now, in your opinion, should, uh, would people of Heavy Shell, for instance, would we be better served starting a server or should we venture off into someone else's server first? All right. So, if I if I get to control what happens with the heavy shelf rust server, right? oh oh, so you get to become king? Okay, all right, I see. So I like I, how we skipped I become, right past the question. Like, if the if question I get was, to should we make our own power. server? Should should we make our own server or should we join one? He's like, well, if I get to control what happens on this server that we're creating, just, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, like, that isn't, if I get to decide if you what heavy yield shelf the does, thrown to me. <laughs> yeah, what he's saying. if I get to decide what heavy shelf does with rust, right? Um, I would say. Make your own server. Um, it makes it easier. Like to we couldn't content. sneak onto. Like four of us couldn't sneak onto another server, and we're like, "Hey, we found this nice little nook and cranny on the map here. We're gonna oh, kind of no, play our no. way." Like, yeah. e- like well, even from What's a role play perspective, could we see how long could we be? Like, hey, we're just trying to be the nice house in the neighborhood, and how long would we survive? Wednesday, like you know. How right, far um, could you try we'd to... We'd be dead by morning, man. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, the first so... time... The, the first time you see someone off in the distance, it's like, hey, you know, we're trying to be friendly. Let's go Let's go see if they need help. Maybe they need some supplies. And we just see Luca Don't get stabbed Don't join a in the random neck. server for that. Do not. Because it will not go like you expect. So, okay. Two two things about, about playing Rust. A lot of misconceptions mm-hmm. that people have. The first one is, if I build a small, crappy base, people won't raid it because it's small and crappy. No, they will, even if they get nothing out of it, just because maybe there's something that they want. The second misconception is, if I build really far away, nobody will raid my base, because they won't find it. They almost certainly will, and they will raid your base anyways, right? Um, So as far as... Can you dig in the game? you, You cannot. There are caves that have set building zones, but you can't dig like in Minecraft. Okay. Um, yeah, right, so you're saying like, that we, we could like, make a server and become actual mole people? Well, <laughs> yes. Now, cave bases are super good to defend. They're very defensible. So clans like to take them as soon as possible. So good luck. Yeah, but we could be mole people. So I'm we pretty dedicated. Not, not going to so, lie. So what I would suggest is if we want to mix the best aspects of Rust combat and the best aspects of Rust um, kind of role playing, more casual play. You would want your own server, um, in general. Now, now, if we only have like three people who are interested, we might as well just hop on a random server and just play Rust how we need to, right? And you can be friendly. You can try to make friends. It probably won't work. You'll get raided, you know. But if you have like ten people, you you can you can start something with like, okay, guys, five on five, let's do teams or something like that um and you know once you get once you get 20 people absolutely do that there's no point in bringing you and your 20 other people onto a server because then you're just going to be another one of the zerg clans because hmm. even if you don't want to be a zerg clan it's almost like i imagine you'd have to be like it would ju- just naturally you'd be pulled into being a zerg clan or else you would be zerg 
Yeah, so... Zerked or be-zerked. There is no way to bring 20 people all working together on a server and not end up a Zerg, right? Um, Mm. And, you know, it's called that, you know, from StarCraft, Zerg rushing, because these clans are so big, it doesn't matter how good you are, they can fire 10 times the amount of bullets in your general direction. So, you know... Um, okay, so on on that list of importance before we said like time input then skill, there was like a, a, a sort of like mini level on there of, of just number of people. Yes, I would say under under luck. Um, ah, okay. Actually, no, it'd probably be above luck. Would be number of people. Um, I mean, if you get like absurdly astronomically unlucky, that would that would really have an effect. But the more people you have, the more loot you can get, the higher chance you have for finding something good. So yeah, definitely, definitely number of people. I mean, you know, there there are YouTube videos that people love to watch of like these solo players who make like huge plays against clans, right? It's like one man versus ninety. I kill them all. I'm the best Rust player. Mm-hmm. Um, but those aren't reasonable. That's not how Rust usually is. I I had a very fun recent experience in Rust where I was using a hot air balloon to get around. Um, which generally sucks, but it's very fun. It's very fun. Um, and I accidentally parked the hot air balloon on a tree. And when I tried to leave, the game thought that the hot air balloon was crushing me, so it killed me instantly. <laughs> and it was just a lot of me running to this hot air balloon's location, trying to loot my corpse, and then accidentally crushing myself to death. <laughs> That's the kind of single-player experience you get nice. most of the time. I don't Sounds know, like I'm, a sword passed down. I'm pretty much convinced I need to play this now. Yeah, yeah, me too. My imagination started going um, because I was reading the chat and Funky Finch said, "I just don't want to get owned every morning because I'm at work during the day," and then that made me think because I, I used to stand in the military, and I was like, you know, I mean, should players start putting up watch? Like, should you stand watch or is like, is there anything you can do? Like, is there anything a small defense force could do during the day? Because they're there to attend to it, that could stop like a ten man, fifteen man rush. Like, how's the base building defenses? Is there anything that could be done, or is it just like sheer math? If they got twelve people, you got ten people, you're gonna die. Um, it's very complex. Um, so 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 the first thing I'll say is, there is nothing fun that can be done to always prevent offline raiding, right? If you actually have, and some clans do this, they will have at least one person on the server around their base 24 hours a day, right? But that is not fun. (laughs) Um, And you can be doing chores, like you can be smelting stuff and organizing chests. But generally what's supposed to happen, and you'll you'll see memes about this, like people getting texts at actually 4 o'clock in the morning saying, we're being raided, please get on now, right? I, I mean, have that's, not, uh, of, that's of usually people. when we do um, shift change for watching the military. So, like, yeah, that would be the time you would raid because we're doing a shift I, change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I have this uh, image in my head of a guy in like a, a slightly shabby three piece suit, you know, in in his office bathroom on his Alienware gaming laptop, like logging in on his phone hotspot. You know, hey, you joke. All right, I'm going to tell you something you guys won't believe because this is where this is where the it gets complicated ties in, okay? <laughs> okay. Go on. In Rust, there are also traps that you can set. You can set defense turrets. You can put a trumpet in it so it just goes, eh, 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 looking at people. That's kind of funny. 
Okay. Um, but you know, you can put actual guns in the turrets. There are flamethrower traps. There are shotgun traps. You can place landmines and bear traps. That wasn't enough. Really? There is a mobile Rust app called Rust Plus. And if I remember correctly, you can view your base's security cameras that you place and connect to a computer through your Rust Plus app. Okay, that's pretty good. Not I'm looking ahead so, in my future, and I'm like, two years later, I'm addicted to Rust. I, I, I won't leave base, even though people aren't showing up on time for their their watch. And like, you have, like, just a giant, uh, like, grid of iPhones set up on your desk, you know, and you're watching every single camera 24 hours a day. Yeah, every single, like, every iPhone resent, uh, resembles, like, a surveillance cam. Mm-hmm. All right, let, let me let me let me correct that a little bit. Um, the Rust Plus app, I think, will alert you, but you can't actually look through the cameras. However, oh, okay, in okay, game, that would be pretty cool. You can look there. Um, and 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 people are saying that they believe it is planned to be able to look through base security cameras with the app. Um, so like you can you can see how this game can very quickly become a chore for some people rather than a game, because the level of depth. It's it's so deep that you know if you're playing on a clan that wants to like hey we're gonna dominate the server. It's you know it's it's a job. Um, and see, my and, thing is that I don't as much want to dominate the server, but I want to at least protect my area to build cool looking bases. Can the bases even look cool, or is it just trash game design? Oh, can the bases look cool? Um. They, they will all look fairly similar, mm-hmm. but you can make them look, you can make some bases look better than others. Most of the bases that you'll see are like the most optimized for defense. Mm-hmm. And so they look ugly as all get out um, with no windows because windows don't provide defense and they're quadruple honeycombed. So the actual base size is one fourth of what the, 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 it's actually, I don't know, mathematically it'd be much more than that. You know, it's 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 got layers and layers of just walls around it. But if you're like me and you're like, I want this house to look kind of nice, you can make it look nice. You can have balconies and reinforced windows that people can't just destroy instantly. And you can, you know, have like furniture placed around as well to make things look nice. Um, so there's plenty of potential for stuff like that. It's just when you're playing online, you're going to value, um, on, on like a huge server, you're going to value not having your base destroyed over having a nice looking base. So everything kind of devolves into the most optimized layouts. Well, now, you said if you're playing online, is there like an offline mode that you can practice stuff in? Kind of. Um Rust has a lot of dead servers. Okay. There are servers <laughs> with like three people on them and 50 uh-huh. people max. And there are some servers that just never have people on them. Gotcha. That is basically a single player experience. And if you want to just learn the ropes, I so highly recommend that. The one thing is that server is completely outside of your control. Um, there's absolutely no guarantee that the mod that the like admins of the server won't get on and kill you just because hey dude some idiot logged onto our server right Mm -hmm. but generally you can get around that way you can also launch your own server and just connect to it 
and not have it show up in the server list. I'm not sure exactly about how to do that, but there's a lot of servers um, like roleplay servers that you can only access through direct connection. So you have to know the IP and most people won't memorize IPs. So you have to look up on their website and then their website says, if you want to see the IP, you got to read through the rules, right? Um, so you could set up a server like that where it's just you and you know, technically other people could connect if you were giving out your server information. I see. Mm-hmm. Sounds promising. Sounds like there's a lot there that we could dive into. So uh, seeing Rust kind of from development, because I was following it basically as soon as it came out. Um, seeing Rust from its development, I've I've kind of gotten the chance to witness people completely miss all of the features that it has. Uh, and it's incredibly fun because there are features that they added, like like in Minecraft, people say like, oh my goodness, did you know that you can change a, your, you, did you know that you can dye your leather armor 256 different shades in Minecraft? Yeah, that's a feature. Uh, most people forget about it because it's just a small thing, right? Mm-hmm. I've gotten to see stuff like that happen and the amount of features that people forget about or do not utilize is is very, very high. Um, and some of it is just like quality of life stuff. Um, and some of it is like, hey, did you guys forget Rust has a really abs- like stupidly in-depth farming system where you can crossbreed plants for resistances to in- the environment? Most people just don't bother with that. Um, same with circuitry. Some people go really, really into circuitry, and they like it because they can make lights automatically come on at nighttime, and they can automatically set up turrets. So, like, can you do like lights, outputs. like proximity sensor, like if someone's there, lights come on, kind of thing? I'm not sure. I haven't gotten the chance to do much with um, with circuitry, just because the resources I find are usually better used into a, like a crappy revolver for me to get killed with. So. Um, now but you know there's there's a ton of content to explore in rust especially with cars oh my goodness they added cars it is a customizable car experience and nobody uses them because they're too expensive and it takes too long to get and if you lose a car you lose a car right Mm -hmm. but if if so would you get a car just to flex then or what yeah i mean that's the only reason most people use um helicopters you can Can, buy gyrocopters steal your car they can. They can. Um, and, you know, th- this is just stuff that people don't utilize. But in a in a more regulated server, you have the unique opportunity to play with this stuff, to actually be like, hey, uh, for, for, this, for this playthrough of the server, we're doing Mad Max, okay? So you have to be building cars, and in order to, to travel across places, you have to use cars, right? Um, and you can just make up rules or encourage styles of play. Um, you know, stuff stuff like having to declare war on someone before you raid them. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, sounds like an odd question. Can you make roads? Can you make roads? No. Um, I feel like Sean Murray. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just... I just clicked uh, being interviewed about No Man's Sky, asking all oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll have. Well, I mean, you play <laughs> way more than us. And so, uh, um, with, so with what they have, you know, Fall Guys, it had its time. 
Very fun, but very simplistic game. Among Us, simplistic really compared to, um, like, you know, as far as depth. Like, essentially, you yeah. bring the depth in how good you exactly. are at playing the imposter. Yeah, it's um, a social game. With Rust, it sounds like it has a lot of depth. But do you think if it has enough attention, will it breach this threshold to where, hey, this is it. Like, this is grown-up Minecraft, and it's here to stay. Do you think that the only happen? reason that I see that as being something that doesn't happen is people aren't willing to experiment with it. Um, so for Among Us, what happened, and this was a big, I mean, super smart thing on the Among Us devs part. In Among Us, you can change just about everything about how the game is played. You can change the visibility. You can change the cooldowns. You can change whether or not you see if the person you injected was innocent or an imposter. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, to me, when people figured out that, Among Us got a boost in terms of how much the game relied on social skills as opposed to mechanical skills, right? People will have to do the same thing for Rust. There will have to be people who sit down and they look and they actually take notice of the community servers that are running. Um, th there are custom maps, and the custom maps vary from insanely detailed and like actually $100 to buy and use on a server to this is absurd. Were you on an illegal substance while making it, right? Mm -hmm. And there are community servers running these maps, and there are custom game modes, and there are all sorts of stuff, but people just have to dig around and find it. And if they do, I think that Rust could could really establish itself as more than just, it's like Call of Duty, but you build bases. Um, because that's kind of how people viewed it, you know? It was like, this, this is like, this is like Call of Duty, but it's like Daisy, but good. That's, <laughs> a, that's Rust. And it's know? funny and that you it's, mentioned it's Call of Duty because I was checking Google Trends and Rust has just surpassed Call of Duty and Google Trends. And you kind of see like a decline in Among Us. And then um, Rust is moving up. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see in the next, uh, you know, in the coming weeks, basically, if this is a flash in the pan kind of situation or if it sticks around and uh, gets developed in those kinds of ways you're talking about, you know? Yeah. I mean, I want to get into it. I'm, I'm finishing Cyberpunk. I want my next game and I want to play something socially. So I'm looking forward to it. And then we got Hitman. And I mean, you know, next. I think a lot of people will be brought to it and enjoy it and become regulars just because it's it's that kind of game. You know, it's not like, okay, I finished the game, time to wait for DLC. Mm -hmm. um, every single time you play it, it can be a new experience. You can play with new people, you can do new things. And Rust has had a, a very dedicated community um, and they do a lot of stuff. It's not very big, but it's very consistent. Um, and so you can see. Uh, on Face Punch, one of the Face Punch websites is is the community updates that happen weekly about content creators and stuff that's going on. Um, but what was kind of interesting with this massive boost to Rust streamers, some people are feeling a little bit betrayed um, because there are streamers like uh, like Shacky HD, and there's plenty of others who I don't watch because I don't really watch streams in general. But anyways, they've been streaming the game for a very long time. And now that it's getting popular, um, Face Punch has kind of 
tr- tried to entice the viewers of the new trendy streamers rather than the community people who have been there since day one. Yeah, which is weird because like the, the big guys a, don't need the the help really. It's like why not reward or why not both? Why not entice the big guys and then the um the streamers who've been streaming with you for Yeah, so so that would that would be one thing to to mix the two together. Um but I think the reason that they're doing it is because they're not trying to entice the big guys, they're trying to entice the big audiences. Yeah, and exactly. If watching three hours of Jacksepticeye plays Rust is going to give you a Jacksepticeye crate to use in Rust, woohoo! Um, but but I, I understand what the what the general complaint is because it does feel a little backwards to say, "Hey, you've been streaming Rust for two days. Here's your custom item." Um, it's really funny, actually, because I remember something almost exactly identical happening back when. Um, subnautica first hit the kind of let's play scene mm-hmm. i remember jack playing it and them adding in something that he like mentioned oh that would be cool and they put in the description just for you jack septicai and like a bunch of beta testers and like smaller people who've been playing it got real mad because apparently a ton of people had suggested it so i don't know what it is it is about jack in particular that attracts these things but whatever it's just pseudo pseudo you know pewdiepie in a sense right like <laughs> i want i want to start saying pseudo but like green, he, like he's PewDiePie, upper echelon right. like they're you know pewdiepie and then like pewdiepie is like top tier he's still the top guy and then there's like a five or six just under pewdiepie and septicai is one of them yeah septicai markiplier those are the first ones that come to mind yeah yeah um and and you know besides that they have released like individual items. Um, there is a an old Rust content creator, Fado eighty two, and when he retired from it, the Rust developers added a new skin to the game called the Peace Pipe. It's a shotgun skin. So they've done stuff for their community before. It's not like they're completely shunning them. I understand the frustration, um, but you know, and I guess that's one last thing to mention. If you're like a big fan of Steam Marketplace stuff. Check out Rust. It has, in my opinion, an obnoxious number of skins. Really? It's They add like four new skins every single week since 2016. <laughs> it's it's stupid. And I'm not sure how many they've removed um, <laughs> because I feel like they might have done some like buying up off the market and just removing from the game. I hope so because some of them suck. But it is, it is absurd. The, the reason that it's not as popular is because they don't have like that really crisp box opening animation from CSGO. Um, uh, okay. And nobody's like pooped themselves on stream from getting a $4,000 skin because it just doesn't exist in Rust. Um, but, you know, it's... And and it gives you drops for playing randomly. So just straight any time you play, you can, get, you can get drops and craft them into stuff. So if you're interested, if you like virtual gambling, here's another way to ruin your life. Rust. Well, I'm sold. I'm going to try it. That's for sure. Luke, how about you? I'm ready to ruin my life with virtual gambling. Yes. And if uh, please don't, please don't. That was, was a joke. If we fall far enough, we will try to drag the rest of the heavy shelf community with us, and uh, we'll start a server. Um, I imagine if we do do it, it probably probably would be around the first of the month. 
Um, I'm still trying to get this new content schedule under my belt. Uh, and to go over that as we wrap up, I'm doing the heavy shelf story mode where I develop a game. I really wanted to do it daily, but man, between just life happening and then uh, certain things in the news distract my attention. Like, I was, oh man, this, yeah, this game dev stuff is hard already. And uh, so it's probably going to end up being a weekly. At best, I want to try to get it to like every other day, maybe weekends off. So um, that will be kicking up. I'm not giving up on that already. And then the other thing we have is a review Royale. And we have got that on YouTube already for our first up review Royale, where myself and Luca or myself and multiple reviewers, again, you have to have played the game though. We'll all get in the discord chat and kind of hash it out. What we like, dislike to wish the game had, and then we will provide our scores, average them out, argue up and down of like, hey, the score should be this, score should be that. And so when it's all said and done, it's like the official heavy shelf rating of XYZ game. So we, me and Luca did that with Ace, uh, not Ace Combat, man, I feel bad. Uh, Project Wingman, it's like a fan-made Ace Combat. Basically, and the yeah. next game we're going to be doing next week is uh, we're going to be breaking down Cyberpunk 2077. Now, those aren't going to be live-streamed, but you will be able to get the audio podcast that day. We recorded that morning before this one. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, we Again, that's already on Spotify. It's already on YouTube if you missed it. And then check us out for the Heavy Shell Story Mode. You'll know when they're going live if you follow us on Twitter. To get links to all these goodies I've just been talking about, and if you listen to this on Spotify or Apple, we do these live on twitch.tv slash heavy shelf. If you head on over there, we have a bunch of links in the bottom panel below. Links to our main website, heavyshelf.com, where we have plenty of articles, one of which a great starter guide written by Moose on Rust, the very game we've been talking about for the last hour. As someone who's been looking to get into Rust and I feel like I just don't know where to start, it's a really solid article. I was happy to hit publish on that. I think you guys will like it too. So head on over to twitch.tv slash heavyshelf. Check out those links. Check out heavyshelf.com. And we are looking forward to seeing you again next week. 2 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash heavyshelf.